again and welcome to another episode of the retro wrestling podcast i'm intern alex joined as always by the one and only the greatest referee in professional wrestling history patrick young welcome back patrick what's up man where'd you go where did you disappear to parts unknown yeah i was in parts unknown i was a little south of dudleyville i'm glad that you're back i am i'm back yeah no i uh a, an emergency happened and so unfortunately i was not able to be here last weekend I strongly, strongly apologize to you and all the fans, but I am here. We're ready to rock and roll. We're ready, we're ready to kick ass and take names. Let's get back into it. And thank you to Brenton Hester for filling in. You did a wonderful job. Thank you to all the new listeners of the Retro Wrestling Podcast that listened at Brenton Hester retweeting our podcast. So thank you for joining us this week. Can you believe it? It's already like the second week of July. I know. It's crazy. This year is flying by. The documentary that they were filming on Vader when we were down in Orlando is getting ready to come out here this week or next week. So I'm actually pretty interested in it. It's What's a, the, Do you know the title of it by any chance? I do not know the exact. It's probably called It's Vader Time or something yeah, like that. Yeah, it's, it's an independently ran uh, company. So they're not going to have any clips of his matches from the Fed or WCW, I think I they. I think... They may have gotten approval for it. You know, they asked. Because they did for the Jake the Snake one. When DDP did that, they let him borrow some clips. No, it's a fantastic. Uh, the last few years of Vader's life have been quite interesting, honestly. Yeah. I mean, yeah, he had he had the induction speech at the Hall of Fame a couple years ago. Then he has the uh, the match with Will Ospreay. Yeah. Uh, then he has the uh, terrible news about his health come out. The last this has been a wild last few years for uh, yeah, Leon been, White. It's been a big roller coaster, and um, this is going to be a great documentary of his life and his career. You really need to check it out. the uh, The trailer's out all over online, and uh, I I think it's going to be awesome. Like I I've always thought Vader is just so underutilized his entire career. Um, for a man of his size to be able to pull off the things he pulled off, oh, one of the best big men yeah, ever, it, without a doubt. Yeah. Um. But never, never got that long run at the top. 
I really think there was an opportunity there where he could have been uh, just a superstar, like yeah. on the level of like an Undertaker. Yeah. Had they had they treated his character better and and uh, put some production behind him, maybe given him a mouthpiece. Yeah, I, um, I agree. The uh, the best run that he had in uh, WWE, I feel like, was when they had Jim Cornette with him. Right. Yeah. And then they quickly killed that by putting. Owen Hart with him at one point in time, and then they put uh, they put Mankind with him. They had to, of course, do that that short lived NWA invasion with, and they put Cornette in charge of that because yeah. Russo and Cornette just could not work together. So yeah, um, yeah, just very underutilized guy, uh, very interesting guy. I I I want to see this. I absolutely want to see this. I do too. Yeah, I really feel like it's going to be a great documentary. So. Uh, Go out there, check it out. He he should be in the Hall of Fame this year, guys. If he doesn't go in, yeah, there there's a problem. Velvet Sky has retired and is going back to college, so we don't know if it's you know we may see her in the ring again, but uh, she uh, she's going to go back to college, so we wish her luck. It's a good idea to think about life after wrestling. Yeah, a lot of people don't think about life after wrestling, and so uh, I encourage anybody in any sport or sports entertainment, or pro wrestling, or whatever it is you do, uh, even movie stars, you know, it's, fame is only, fame is temporary, but an education is forever. That sounds like a catch, that sounds like a corny catchphrase for a college, but it's true. Once you have skills that you can market yourself, like, Recently on Twitter, we got followed by Dr. Sean Stasiak, who's a chiropractor now. He yeah. thought about life after wrestling, and he moved on. Yeah. So I just think it's a good idea. It's a good idea to have that in your back pocket. Yeah. No, I agree. Because, and... I mean, yeah, you can work the convention circuit the rest of your life. You can work the indies the rest of your life. But maybe you can't. I mean, yeah. maybe you're not going to draw. You know, not everybody can draw. Who's to say that you don't have... You know, an accident in the ring and it ends your career. Yeah, one second you're edge, you're the world champion. The next you can't wrestle. Right. So, so thinking, you know, on a path outside of wrestling is is a great idea. And hey, we wish her we wish her luck beyond belief. Madison Rain has been let go from Impact Wrestling. Global GFW, Force. They can't decide what their name wants to be. This Global week, Force Patrick. Impact. Let's put it that way. Yeah. Well. So uh, I feel like she's she's a very talented wrestler. She's gonna end up in the uh, May Young Classic, I bet. Then I think yeah, that's what I'm thinking as well. So a big name for it. And uh, I we complain about Impact almost every week. Uh, get out, get out of the company if yeah. you can. Yeah, it's time to it's time to jump. Um, it's gotten so bad that <laughs> Bobby Lashley is actually considering retiring from professional wrestling. You know, I don't feel like Bobby Lashley ever had a real passion for wrestling. It's just the impression that I get. That it's all money. He he yeah. he puts me he puts me straight up there with with uh, Brock Lesnar, where it's I don't care about wrestling. It's just money. Well, in some ways, I feel though that about Sting. I love Sting. He, Sting was my hero as a kid, but Sting isn't somebody that I feel like cares that much about the business. Yeah, and that's the way I feel about Bobby Lashley. This was a guy. He was an amateur wrestler, so he did care about the. And he's a this bot a bodybuilder, you know yeah. the 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 physique and all that stuff. But as far as becoming a fully formed pro wrestler was never, I don't think, in any interest of his. Yeah, and 
in the heavyweight division in mixed martial arts, you can go into into your forties. So he's still able. He's got a few years left if he wants to pursue that full time. Um, and if he wants to get out of the business, that's fine too. I don't think he'll be missed. Sadly, I mean, he yeah. just doesn't. He's just not one of those guys that ever. Great look. He had a great look to him, but yeah, uh, he he puts you in mind of, uh, and I I really hate to say this, but he puts you in mind of Tony Atlas, has the greatest build. I mean, just look. or Scott Putsky. Yeah, push you. You know, he is a unbelievable, great looking professional wrestler. But no offense, he can't wrestle. He didn't make the transition from amateur to pro as well as people like Kurt Angle or Brock Lesnar did because, I mean, this guy was an NCAA yeah. level two champion. Yeah. But just the theatrics, all the things that make Dusty Rhodes, like I always go back to this comparison, Dusty Rhodes, a terrible wrestler, a terrible, terrible wrestler. But one but, of the most entertaining people to ever and step an in. Ama- um, an amazing pro wrestler because he knows all, he knew all the bells and whistles and all the things that he needed to do to make it work and Bobby Lashley just never got that element down I think and 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 this entering work for a guy that is hyped as he was and an NCAA champion yeah really wasn't that impressive yeah and he got he gasses out pretty easily uh yeah. from what I can remember it's been a long time the last Bobby Lashley match I watched was the the Donald Trump match, so uh, I haven't reviewed a lot of Lashley's work lately. Well, so. on on President Trump, President Trump's laying the smackdown on CNN. Yeah, so. the uh, GIF of uh, yeah from uh, WrestleMania twenty three. So yeah, it lives on forever. That's this, right. This clip, President Trump kicking CNN's ass with those worked punches. Those yeah, vicious the, the punches. worst the worst set of punches I've ever seen in wrestling. I think some of the Knockouts division have had worse punches, Ooh. but it's close. It's, it's very close. Now it's time for the rumor mills to start. Dixie Carter will be on WWE 24 Kurt Angle special talking about Kurt Angle's run and how he helped impact wrestling from going under. Well, now, now that she's out, she can do that. Is is she fully out? I because she, I've heard she is still part owner. If she owns a percentage, it's ve- it's very very minor. I think she's she's either completely out or it's like five percent. And the fact that WWE is now acknowledging Impact Wrestling, it's a big gap in their history, you know, yeah. with with Sting and him and Booker T and all these guys, AJ Styles. I H- mean Hogan. I mean, you had the- Flair. Yeah. Well, they don't. Flair retired, you know, and that, yeah, that ev- we can't we can't talk about Flair, but. Uh- but I mean, yeah, there were so many, so many guys to set through the, through the doors of of Impact, and this is just speculation on my part. But maybe there's some kind of settlement in the works where the WWE can acquire the Broken Matt and Brother Nero gimmick, and also acquire some of the Impact tape library at the same time, oh, and kind man. of work out something like that. That would be awesome if they could pull the actual the the asylum years when they were yeah, in Nashville. Yeah, when it was yeah the yeah. X division was hot and everything yeah. was great. Yeah, yeah. If they could pull the asylum years from Nashville, that would be that would be awesome. Austin Aries has been released from WWE. Yeah, he was not happy with the uh, direction that his character was going, and I feel like most of the cruiserweights on that roster probably feel the same way. And when you see guys like Cody Rhodes that can go out and become 
the Ring of Honor champion and then get to work indies and then get to work New Japan shows and get to make all the all keep all their merch money. Oh god. Get get yeah. all their hotels paid for. Yeah. When Austin Aries sees how much money's out there compared to how he's being used, it's you have to weigh your yeah. options. And I think Austin Aries is a big enough name where he can get out there and yeah, I think he could probably be on the same kind of level as Cody Rhodes at making that kind of money on the road and being being your own boss, you yeah. know? And um so good for him to 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 bet on yourself. Okay, so now here's where I'm going to you took the high road, I'm going to take the low road. What the fuck was he thinking? Okay? He wasn't shit in Impact Wrestling. He was terrible. He goes to WWE, he gets hurt, he comes back, he's been on the active roster, what, two months? He came back right after WrestleMania. After WrestleMania. Okay, so two months. Two, maybe three months. Yeah. And now he's pissed off and he's leaving? No offense, but to me it sounds like he's a bitter, angry, difficult person to work with. I just feel like the 205 Live thing is going so badly, I would hate to be a part of it. Yeah. And it's killing Neville. Well, I, mean, I think Neville is the one guy benefiting from it because he's the, he's the king, you know, he's the king of the cruiserweights and he was being not utilized on the main roster and on and in the small pond of 205 Live, he's he's the king of the castle. Yeah. So it actually I think it helped him. But all these other guys they're just wall I mean they what are they? What are they doing? What is going on? This show doesn't... No one watches this show. It, the purple ropes, everything about it is just... I would want out, too, if I had a name like Austin Aries because his name, whether whether or not you thought he was good or bad, he does have a name. He has name value. He has yeah. name recognition. He owns his name, Yeah, which is very important. So you can take that with him. Yeah. And uh, so if I was in his position, I think I'd leave, too. There's not many other guys on that 205 live show. I think Cedric Alexander. I think he was. I would leave if I was Cedric Alexander as well. Rich Swan has gotten the highest he's going to get. He's already been champ. Yeah. Yeah. Rich Swan. I think I would leave too. Is one of the most talented. He will be the next Cody Rhodes if he just says fuck it and walks. Because yeah. Rich Swan is a talented athlete. And they can. And now with New Japan coming to the U.S. to do shows. They're going to be able to go out there and not be constricted to fighting, you know, WWE style or whatever. They can yeah. do their high risk moves. They can do they they don't have to feel like they're under pressure. Right. They don't have to be given characters that don't go along with their personalities. Their personalities can shine through on their own instead of like the only thing on 205 Live is like you're dating Alicia Fox this week or Titus O'Neil is your manager this week. Yeah. Drew I'm Gulak, no fly zone. Like none of these. Which he's actually done a good job with that part. I'll give him that. Yeah. But um, they're not letting the wrestlers get themselves over. They're trying to give I, Patrick. I want you to be a fireman. Go yeah. for it. You know, like I'm. I, they're assigning things that are unnatural to these guys, and it's not working. Right. So yeah, they just it's, it's just not going well. But here's my thing. Out of the the shocker, out of it all, out of two hundred five, is how is Alicia Fox still have a job with WWE? That's a real streak. I, I always I, there's always a new streak that I name, like Mark Henry having a job, Big Show having a job, Alicia Fox, yes, having a job, and she, she had a win over Sasha Banks like about a month ago on yeah, Raw. Yeah, she's been with this company coming up on ten years. Yeah, and she's still only she's I think she's just now thirty years old. 
That's crazy. Last but certainly not least, uh, last Sunday was Bret Hart's 60th birthday. A terrible birthday. Yeah. Uh, he lost his oldest brother. My my good friend Smith Hart passed away last Sunday on his birthday. So uh, we want to wish Brett a uh, a belated happy birthday, but we also want to uh, keep our thoughts and prayers with the Hart family. And uh, and, and Smith, buddy, I'm going to miss you. Condolences to the Hart family and condolences to uh, Dave Meltzer. His father passed away, too, the, I think the same weekend. Yeah, that's so, right, uh, yeah. But while we're on birthdays, gotta get through it. Yeah, while we're on birthdays, I did miss one here. Uh, sorry, my good friend Thunderbolt Patterson celebrating his seventy sixth birthday. Thunderbolt Patterson, man, he does not get the credit he deserves at all. On this show, he receives the credit he deserves. Yeah, absolutely. Hopefully, one day the real the company will acknowledge it. Now, l- last week uh, we reviewed Final Nitro. I know that was your pick. Yes. Uh, before we move on to my pick for this week, any thoughts on Final Nitro? Uh, it was good to see Flair and Sting close it out the way they started it. Uh, I enjoyed it. The best sign is when Vince is in the ring, somebody cuts over and says, don't feel bad, Shane. My dad regrets my birth, too. That is the best sign I've seen in professional wrestling. I think there was one, too, that OSW pointed out when they did this show. Well, when they did Final Nitro, it says, uh, hey, Bischoff, Subway's hiring. And like I said, there was a sign. Someone just held up a pizza box with nothing on it. Like this, yeah. crowd, the, the 200 people in Panama City for that final Nitro were just uh, out of control. When when did they get a cruiserweight tag title? Because I did not know this was an actual. This actually existed. It was eight days earlier at uh, their final pay per view. It was at Greed. Yeah, so it was only eight days old. Okay. And then that was it. They didn't carry it over into the company. Mysterio didn't want to give up his guaranteed contract, so they couldn't bring that title over. The Young Dragons never made it over. Well, a certain Young Dragon. Well, Jimmy Wang Yang would. Oh, Jimmy Wang Yang was a part of the Young Dragons? Yeah, you didn't know that? I did not know that. Kaz Hayashi didn't come over, but Jimmy Wang Yang and, uh, of course, Jamie Noble. Jamie-san. Yes. He made it over. Not kid, in not kid, in that gimmick. Kid Romeo. I did not know who Kid Romeo was. Kid Romeo is the most juiced cruiserweight I've ever seen. Man, this dude. I can't believe they didn't sign him. Yeah, I don't either. I don't he seems decent him. in the ring enough, too. Like, I mean, but he has the body type that Vince would have just... I don't know what happened. Kid Vince Romeo. Vince would have got a little bit too excited over <laughs> Yeah, I think so. And, uh, of course, Elix Skipper would go on to walk a cage in yeah. TNA, the, one of the TNA's greatest highlights. That is, without a doubt, still one of – I remember watching it live, and that was so impressive to watch Elix Skipper walk that entire cage and hit that at Hurricanrana. It was – To me, that's more impressive than, like, just diving off of it yeah, or anything. Yeah, like, Just the balance – you could really fuck that up. Yeah. And he did it perfect. This week – you picked Raw. Yes, it's October 21st, 2002. The invasion's over, Patrick. Time for brand split time. So yes. we've got the uh, SmackDown and Raw war going at it. Stephanie is the GM of SmackDown, not Paul Heyman. No, this is before Heyman. Yeah, this is pre-Paul Heyman as the on-screen character because Brock Lesnar was still with the company, so he was still with Brock at this time. Uh, so it's Bischoff on Raw and Stephanie on SmackDown. SmackDown had just had their No Mercy pay-per-view, I believe it was. Which, Hell in a Cell with uh, with Brock and Taker, I believe. 
Brock and Taker, the first of many Brock and Taker matches yes. we'd be subjected to over the next uh, 20 years. And so that's what's going on in the world of WWE at the time. This was also following SummerSlam with the return of Shawn Michaels in the street fight, the unsanctioned street fight. And, of course, Eric Bischoff handing Triple H a belt out of a suitcase and saying, you are now the world champion. Yes. The old WCW belt is now the world title. There's, It's fairly recent now, but now we have two. This is the start of the two-belt era, basically. So that's what's happening in the world of 2002. It's also... This is when Raw was on the new TNN, so we had to be a little edgier. You know, we're we're starting to get it creep into you know, hot lesbian action and all. Oh, that, we all got that. edgy, all right. Necrophilia? What the fuck? <laughs> Seriously, this is the most disturbing thing I have ever witnessed in wrestling. Yeah, uh, you know, Patrick. A lot of people will always say WrestleMania X Seven. That's where the attitude ended. Yeah, but that no. is not true. They got raunchier. I would say, after WCW closed. Yes. They didn't realize why. This is this was the misconception, I think, is that they didn't realize why we loved the Attitude Era. It wasn't for all the, the tits and the ass and all that stuff. You know, it was, it was a, a combination of everything working together. It wasn't just for outrageousness. It wasn't the Jerry Springer aspect that, that made it work. It was yeah. the compelling storyline of, like, Stone Cold versus... Uh, Vince McMahon, you know, the disgruntled employee versus the boss that hates him. And DX, you know, the rule breakers, the anti-authoritarians that, you know, they go against everything. You know, good, the the lines are blurred. Kane, you know, is coming back for revenge against his brother. All these great storylines. Yeah. That's what made the Attitude Era great. Not, fuck, not what we're going to, not Katie fucking Vic. Yeah. You no. know, and that's, for some reason... Like I said, I had checked out of wrestling at this point. Like, but for whatever reason, I remember flipping channels and seeing Katie Vick. I always seem to remember these things. Uh, the Katie Vick. So I picked October twenty first, two thousand two. We're on the road to Survivor Series. That's what we're building to for the uh, Raw brand, which would be the first Elimination Chamber. Yes, which was an amazing match, which we've already reviewed. Right, we did. Yeah, so that's what we're building to. This opening to Raw was actually very well done. And it's very well done because it was a, a David Sahadi joint. David Sahadi is the guy responsible for all those Freddie Blassie promos, all those great opening montages. Well, guess what happened after this, Patrick? He was so disgusted by the Katie Vick storyline that he quit the company. So that's why there was a definite step down for a while in these opening montages. The uh, this happened in Nashville, Tennessee. <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, this was country music legend George Jones was backstage with his family and kids. Saw this, went up to Vince, said, "This is the most disgusting thing I've ever seen in my life," and walked out of. It was known the as Gaylord. Uh, it was the Gaylord Entertainment Center. Yes, Gaylord Sport Complex, which is now where the the Thrashers play. Or it's the Predators. Or the Predators, I'm the sorry. The Predators, it's now Bridgestone Arena. Yes. We've been to a Raw there before. We so have. we have been there. Yeah. We saw... Um, the end of Jamie Noble's career. Yeah. And and Ricky Steamboat get announced to be going in the Hall of Fame. So so there's this massive promo when the show starts. By the way, this episode rated TVMA for mature audiences only, and you'll see why later on. <laughs> Necrophilia. 
let the truth be told. A nice promo here recaps the feud between Kane and Triple H. Triple H somehow got information that Kane killed his high school sweetheart in a car crash. Yes. How did Triple H get this information? I do not know. <laughs> Why does Triple H care about this information? I do not know. I mean, Undertaker tried to murder Kane, so you would think Kane would have some emotional problems. But why Triple H has any care in the world as to what happened in this traumatic, terrifying car crash? His he has an interest in Kane's past for no apparent reason. No reason whatsoever. Other than he, this is the era of Triple H being the he has to be in everything. He, he everything the world revolves around this fucking Triple H. He came back, won the Royal Rumble, and now everything revolves around Triple H. I think I think that's really the only reason that this most disgusting segment happened was just so he could laugh at it. That he actually got this shown on live television. Well, this was Vince's idea. I think in that McMahon DVD that you got me, yeah. I think they talk about this. I'm going to really? try and pull a clip from it and put it at the end of this. Yeah. I think this was actually totally Vince's idea. This Vince found this to be fucking hilarious. Well, see, uh, there's also a clip from um, Percy Pringle's uh, shoot interview where he sits there and talks about how he was in the arena when this happened, walked up, and was like, listen, that's the most disgusting thing I've ever been a part of or seen in wrestling. And he was a mortician. (laughs) He was a mortician, and he walked out. So if you find that, that's pretty good, too. By the way, Triple H is doing this even after taking the IC belt off of Kane and unifying it. So there's no reason to even continue this storyline. Yeah, no. It's done. (laughs) But we're going to anyway, damn it. We're live in Nashville. The champ is accompanied by Triple H. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I got it backwards. Because I thought, to me, Ric Flair is the champ. The champ is accompanied by Triple H as they walk to the ring. exactly. Shawn Michaels will update us later on tonight. He's in a wheelchair from that SummerSlam match. He got hit right in the back. Sledgehammer. Sledgehammer, man. Yeah, that's not easy to recover from. No. I haven't been hit in the back with a sledgehammer, but I'm I'm not sure I could recover. No. But we'll we'll see if Shawn can later tonight. Triple H has a message for the boys in the back and the riders that said he didn't deserve to be handed the belt. Screw you. For all the boys in the back. Uh-oh. For all the fans. For all the writers <laughs> that said that I did not deserve to be handed the World Heavyweight Championship. I've just got one thing to say to you all. Screw you. Wow. Well, that's like he is disrespectful to everybody. Big shot. He's very deserving now. I have defeated every single person that has stepped in this ring with me. And after last night, I ended 23 years of intercontinental title history. That's an accomplishment. I do what I want to do when I want to do it, and there is not a damn thing that anybody can do about it. And the reality of it is, Nate, the reality of it is, I can do it because in this world, I am untouchable. 
Nate. I know Nate. And not only am I deserving to be the world's heavyweight champion, I damn well might be the greatest world's champion of all time. Arguably. You gotta argue with that, JR? Well, not tonight. And beating Kane. Now, this is very disrespectful. My fellow Tennesseans, show some respect. He's the greatest world champion ever. And beating Kane last night was just, let me see, how would you say it? It's kind of like one more nail in Katie Vick's coffin. Ooh, this taste. You know, and, and, and speaking of nailing Katie Vick, you oh. know, Kane's not even here yet, Rick. God, you know, I, I hope Kane hasn't gotten into a car accident and killed somebody. <laughs> That's supposed to be humor? You're supposed to laugh? No, you know what? You know, Kane, I can't blame him. He probably just doesn't want to show up tonight and get in the ring with his partner, RVD. And face the nature boy and the game tonight. What? That's tonight? Either that or Kane hasn't shown up because he's got wind of this videotape. What the hell is that? You see, I have the answers to all of last week's burning questions of whether or not Kane had sex with Katie Vick when she was alive. Uh-oh. Or if he waited until she was dead. How dare him. What? Oh, yeah. That videotape is the proof. And the fact is, I've got to warn everybody, because that is the most graphic and salacious videotaped footage I have ever seen in my life. And after you have seen it, I can promise you this. You people will never look at Kane the same way again. Oh my gosh, a tape of Kane having sex? <laughs> what a fucking asshole. This, what yeah. heel heat that is. Yeah. Like, yeah, and then he he brags about ending the illustrious history of the Intercontinental title. Then he buries the second biggest title in the company. Well, I mean, now they've got two world titles, but yeah, Mister Perfect's title. You know, this legendary, the warrior, yeah. everybody's that carried this thing. Pat Patterson yeah. started off. Yeah, no, no, that's gone, done. He said beating Kane was like nailing one more nail in Katie Vick's coffin. Oh. Flair, then, holds up something you're very familiar with, a VHS tape. Yes. Yes. It's definitely 2002 because Flair has the last VHS tape in the world. Tonight, Triple H is going to prove that Kane is a necrophiliac. Then, for some reason, and I, this, I, I did not remember that. Okay, I remembered that the Hurricane and Kane were a tag team. But I also remembered that RVD and Kane were a tag team. Yes. I didn't think that they were a trio. They were. Uh, for a quick little segment here, quick little, like I would say, two months they combined because the run over between both of them, and when they when Kane was feuding with Triple H, and then the formation of Evolution was getting ready to happen. This was their way of com you know combining to fight. Evolution. Have another group. Yeah. 
Hurricane Helms decides to defend Kane's honor and runs in and attacks Ric Flair and Triple H and gets his ass handed to him. Great. Welcome to the WWF, Shane Helms. On that final Nitro, he's booked like a fucking superstar. Yeah. He's the next big thing. Yeah. And in this one, he's buried right, yeah. right out of the gate. He gets a couple of punches in, then he gets thrown out of the ring, and as soon as he comes around the corner, Triple H just takes his head completely off, and that VHS tape goes flying across the floor. Flair and H just beat the shit out of him, and they're going to keep that tape. Time for our first match. Jeff Hardy's out with short, like almost like a chili bowl haircut. Very odd hair choice here for Jeff Hardy. And he's doing the face paint. Yeah. Brother Nero. He's taking on Chris Nowinski, the... uh Tough enough season one runner-up, Chris Harvard, who runs the concussion testing thing now. So Chris Nowinski, who retired due to concussions and at the time tried to explain to WWE how serious concussions were, he was just laughed laughed off. Yeah. Nothing to it. Nothing to concussions. And, of course, tragically, four years after he retired – we just came up on at the 10-year anniversary of the Chris Benoit murders, which, I mean, we'll never know for sure what happened, but CTE, you know, con- repeated concussions yeah, um, definitely, I mean, did not help. And right. um, the company has made strides. I mean, that's why they won't let Daniel Bryan wrestle. That's why they won't let Christian wrestle. Um, you know, they, they've made strides, but it's just, it's kind of, Sad that, you know, they had the warning. There, the warning was there at the time, and they just dismissed this guy and just said, oh, he's just, he's just a quitter. Yeah. But he was, he was on to something, and now he's, uh, you know, a, a leading expert. The NFL uses this guy to, to talk about how to curb concussions in the sport. So Chris Nowinski here, and he had a lot of potential. He is very green in this match. Yes. But very tall. Had a great gimmick, what an awesome heel, the Harvard guy. Yeah, I people mean, people hated him just because he was so stuck up, and uh, it reminded me a lot like uh, a young Hunter Hearst Helmsley, you know, the stuck up snob that just everybody hates because you know he comes from money or he comes from and he just has yeah he has stuff. a perfect face for it too. yeah like yeah. This, yeah, he he could have been he could have been really great. He was really green though here in this match against Jeff Hardy. Jeff hits a somersault planche onto Nowinski, who's outside the ring. Someone holds up a sign in the crowd, Patrick. A little foreboding. It says Willow the Wisp, which was Jeff's name in the before WWE. Yeah, and I guess remembered, but then you know would later on show up in TNA. So a little preview. TNA based out of Nashville. It all, it's all, it all circles. Wrestling revolves around the world. Revolves around professional wrestling. It really does. I can't. I, it was just funny to see a Willow sign in 2002. Hardy nearly wins the match with a Fez press. Didn't yeah. someone tell him that's Austin's move? Don't touch that. Nowinski's offense here is very, very basic. He does not want to fuck up. You know, he does not want to fuck around with Jeff Hardy. Uh, Nowinski nearly wins with a stun gun and a double underhook slam. He rolls out of the ring to avoid the Swanton Bomb, and he grabs a chair. But his tough enough coach, Al Snow, which is now Al Snow's gimmick, the tough enough coach. Yes. That's a gimmick that'll get you over, huh, being a coach. I work with these young kids. (laughs) Al Snow says, don't do it. Don't use the chair. It's not worth it. 
And meanwhile, so Jeff drop kicks the chair into Nowinski. Nowinski lays on top of the chair. Jeff's going for the swanton, and Snow saves Nowinski from the swanton. Jeff Hardy lands on the chair, which I guess you can't DQ yourself with a chair shot. No. Patrick. He lands himself on the chair with the swanton. One, two, three. Chris Nowinski gets a huge upset, beats Jeff Hardy in the curtain jerker of Raw. A little bit of uh, help from his coach. Yeah. But, but still a, quite a, I mean, that tells you they had a lot of hope for this guy to yeah. give him a win over Jeff Hardy. Yeah, Christopher Nowinski, uh, I thought was a great character, a great gimmick. And uh, unfortunately, I, he didn't have a long career, but I wish he had. Yeah, it would have been awesome to see what, what this could have turned into. Right, yeah. So Chris Nowinski gets the upset, and no one reacts because everyone loves Jeff Hardy. Jeff Hardy was so over in during this time, and still is to this day. Jeff Hardy, always over. Bischoff is in the back watching video of him being assaulted by the big show. Then Stacy Keebler walks in and says, hey, I'd like to be a referee tonight. Bischoff says, sure, whatever, just go. Do what... <laughs> Stacy, what can I do for you? Well, I was wondering if I could referee a match tonight. Because last week I had so much what, fun. Whatever. Whatever you want to do. All right? Pick any match you want, just not the main event. Oh, okay? my God. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank yeah, you. You're welcome. Knock yourself up. Hey, Show. So you want to see me? Yeah. Show, listen. About last night. Look, you and I have known each other a long time. You know how I get. I just want you to know, from my point of view, no grudges, okay? It's water under the bridge. Just let it go and, and move on. And, and I really wanted to tell you about your match tonight. Give you a heads up. We're going to be facing Rico. Rico. And Jamal. And Rosie. Kind of a three-on-one handicap match. What? Oh, yeah, you're going to love it. And you know what the best part is? There's not a damn thing you can do about it. Good luck, show. Just can't have the main event. Go. Yeah, I like that. I like the stipulation. We don't trust you with the main event, but you can do whatever else. Who cares? Some women's revolution they had going on here. Just do whatever the fuck you want. That's Just right. get out of my office. Big Show then walks in. Now, somehow he could not see the Big Show coming. You know, the, the most giant yeah. man in the world. He yeah. couldn't see him coming because he was off camera. Snuck up on him. Easy E says, guess what, Big Show? Tonight, I'm going to give you Rico, Jamal, and Rosie. All tonight is punishment for, you know, taking me out. Three-minute warning plus Rico versus Big Show. Oh, boy. Stay tuned. If that doesn't hook you in. that I, I want to see this match now. <laughs> and there's no Nitro to flip to. No. See, that's what sucks. Yeah, it's like we're stuck. We're stuck now. Big Show just gives Bischoff a mean look and walks away. Then we cut backstage, and Tommy Dreamer is very upset at Al Snow interfering in that Chris Nowinski match and challenges him to a match later tonight. Yeah. And Al Snow says, okay. And I guess... Kindle stick match. And they there were no contracts involved. You can just make your own matches. It's anarchy. Bischoff is not running a tight ship on Raw. Bischoff never ran a tight ship, let's be honest. <laughs> well, that I guess that part is actually pretty accurate. They, <laughs> they got his character down pretty well. So then Nowinski walks in. Tommy, Tommy, Tommy. Nowinski tells Snow, thanks, but no thanks. Hey, buddy, I can do it myself. What an asshole. This guy just <laughs> helped you get a win. 
So Chris Nowinski's like, I don't want your fucking help. Yeah. Lance Storm and William Regal come out. Now, they had tried this un-American group. Yes. But, like, gave it a two-week trial before breaking it up. And so this is the remainder of the un- This is, like, sort of what they did a few years, a couple years ago with uh, the League of Nations. The League of Nations, yeah. It's like they give it, like, two or three weeks, and then they're like, nah. Doesn't nah, work. Doesn't work. Give up. But for whatever reason, they left Lance Storm and William Regal together as a tag team, which I actually was looking forward to seeing them work together. Uh, Lance Storm says, I could be serious for just a minute. America is nothing but crazed savages. The Dudley Boys music hits, and I'm like, yeah. But then it's... It's Spike and Bubba. No Devon. Yes. Devon had become Reverend Devon, I guess, by this time. Testify. Or maybe he was injured. I Because... It, I don't know what happened to Devon. I think he was Reverend Devon at this point in time. But well, they had those Batista promos playing. That's so. what Deacon Batista was coming over to Raw. So Deacon Batista was no longer a deacon of the church. <laughs> he turned his back on the Reverend. So as soon as I see Spike and Bubba, I'm like, shit, who cares now? You know, like <laughs> why do I want to watch this? It's a great match. You say that every match. No, this one is a good one. We want tables as chanted as Spike. Matt wrestles Lance Storm, which is pretty funny. Bubba and Regal tag in. As we cut to the back and we see Kane arriving in a Cadillac. The big red machine drives a Cadillac for some reason. This monster. He needs a giant car to fit his giant body. Do you think his driver's license, I mean, this was before his unmasking. How did he get a driver's license? Well, his picture has his mask on it. Oh, okay. They let him do that. Yeah. That's why he drives in his wrestling attire, too. It's not wrestling attire. It's like his part of his body. That's true. Yes. He he wears that every day. Even even now in office, you know. Yeah, when he as mayor of Knox County, he will be walking around in a mask all day. Bubba and Spike go for the what's up. But Spike instead lands a hurricane rana on Storm. Regal breaks up the cover. We get a Bubba Bomb to Lance Storm, then the acid drop to William Regal, and Spike gets the win. And now Spike and Bubba are the number one contender for the tag titles. Regal is not wants to get all his heat back, get some brass knucks, and uh, punches Spike Dudley in the ribs. So I guess that's going to explain how the Dudleys can't overcome. Oh, yeah. Three punches to the ribs, and Spike is coughing up blood. Up next, we got an intergender six-man tag. Oh, boy. Stay tuned. Christian, Y2J, and Victoria will take on Goldust, Booker, and Trish. Christian and Y2J slut-shame Trish for her past with Vince McMahon. (laughs) That she slept her way to get her job. Wonderful. Hey, great match last night, by the way. Oh, thank you. What was with Victoria beating you down after this match? Well, it seems I'm dealing with a delusional psychopath who's uh, apparently obsessed with my sex life. <laughs> you know, and as far as these rumors go that she's spreading about me sleeping my way to the top, but what do you guys want? The Bricks Jr. You lost, you pansy. <laughs> Don't you worry about what we want, Trish. Because I know what you want. We just came here to wish you good luck in the match tonight. Yeah, we believe you too, Trish. I mean, any woman who'd crawl around on her knees and bark like a dog for Vince McMahon? Yeah, any chick like that would never sleep her way to the top, would she? Come on. <laughs> and that's obvious, Trish. But what we really came here to say 
is we want you to pass on a message to your little buddies Goldust and Booker T, and that is this. Last night, Chris Jericho showed the world that I am not a sucker! And I ain't not no sucker neither! What I am is a huge rock star. And we are the Tag Team Champions of the World. We showed that last night, and we'll show it again, and again, and again, and again! And as far as those stories Victoria's been telling about you, Trish, I think they're true. I see how you've been looking at me. I know you want me. Oh, it's so obvious, come on. And I think after the match, you should come back to my dressing room and get a little bit of what you really want. An injection of vitamin C. After Y2J wins, he wants to inject Trish with vitamin C. Bischoff then walks out onto the stage. Vitamin C is healthy for the body. Bischoff then gets on the mic to the crowd and says, SmackDown's Hell in a Cell match was, yeah, it was okay. But uh, guess what I've got coming? The Elimination Chamber. And then he walks back. You will bear witness to the Elimination Chamber. Now make no mistake about it, that Hell in a Cell match between Brock Lesnar and The Undertaker, it was a spectacle. No, Great. it was a bloodbath. No what? mistake about it. But it is going to pale in comparison to the match that I have in mind. You see, at Survivor Series, you are going to witness an ingenious creation. One that could only come from the mind of Eric Bischoff. Oh, boy. This will be good. Hey. At Survivor Series, you will bear witness to the Elimination Chamber. Stacy is now walking to the ring. I don't look this good in a referee uniform, just so you know. There's very few women who would look this good. I mean, geez, Stacy, unbelievable. Before the match starts, though, we get a Batista promo. He ha- There's... Patrick, there are 650 muscles in the human body, and Batista uses all of them, I guess. He uses 651. <laughs> What's the extra one? I don't know. Do they, uh-oh. <laughs> I'm afraid to ask, really. Stacy is going to ref Test versus D'Lo Brown. What year is this? I, I really thought I was having a flashback to That's 1997. True. That's true. Stacy smacks D'Lo. What? Okay, D'Lo hits the sky high on Tess, but Stacy refuses to see it. Then she was she her shoe was untied. So oh, she had right. to tie her boot. She's got long legs. That's true. She had to tie her boot in the corner, so she missed the uh, sky high in the cover. This upsets D'Lo, so he wants to go and have a chat with her about it. Meanwhile, he gets a big boot. Then Stacy fast counts it. And leaps into Tess' arms, who has the oddest reaction to one of the most beautiful women jumping in your arms that I had ever seen in my life. Because Tess looked like he—he he was like, "Ew." Yeah. Like he, it, I would be like, "Yes!" I would be going. I mean, this finally, this guy had nothing going on no. in his career, and no. here he gets Stacy Keebler leaping in his arms, and he can't even smile for the camera, like. It's like it was like someone threw a bag of garbage on him. Yeah. But they threw Stacy Keebler. They gave you Stacy Keebler. Still couldn't get this guy over. That Stephanie wedding, that was it. There was no 
you can't burn somebody like that and right. ever expect anything to rebuild them. It has to be a massive project. Yeah. And they just never invested it in Test, who's unfortunately no longer with us. For, yeah. So <clears throat> we wasn't go, wasn't he a body uh not a body, a bodyguard for Motley Crew was he okay well he was a, that's how he was introduced yeah as much shit as all these WWE things give about WCW about having Kiss on or having Megadeth on or having the Insane Clown Posse which WWF had on too they had a Motley Crew concert on Raw and that's how Test was introduced yeah and they were very close to adding Test to DX. They were like he was an really? associate of DX for like half a second. Like they were close. He was going to be like their bodyguard or something. Yeah, I think he was going to be Rick Rude. Oh, and, okay. Or or play that capacity. Yeah. Like the Stephanie wedding was just that. That's it. Yeah. It's over. You can't come back from something like that because it had so much buildup, weeks and weeks. The love of Stephanie and the wedding and just for Triple H to walk out and shit all over it and. The first of many times Triple H would be shitting all over somebody. Hey, we get to see later on. Yes. In this episode. We go backstage again, and Victoria denies that Trish slept her way into the WWE, so at least she took up for her fellow diva. Goldust interrupts and hisses at her. Then Booker steps in there and says, he says he's going to give Jericho a dose of vitamin T. Ew. Calm down, calm down. So, uh... You teaming up with Christian and Jericho, right? Well, the one thing I do know, you can't spell Jericho without the H-O. Ho! <laughs> and Jericho, he talking about giving Trish a dose of vitamin C. Well, I'm going to give him a dose of vitamin T. Straight up his poke ass like a largemouth bass. Now, can you dig that? Sucker! <laughs> oh, that intergender match is coming up. Yeah. Now, can you dig that sucker? You don't ever want to tell another male wrestler you're going to give him a dose of anything. <laughs> you know, I'm going to give of your own medicine. You can give him a dose of their own medicine. I wouldn't even say that. That's just yeah. No. But you can't say I'm going to inject you with some vitamin. I'm going to inject you means butt sex. I mean, there's no other way around it. Raw tonight brought to you by Godzilla, Destroy All Monsters, and Greyhound, Friendly Fares to 337 Destination, and Snickers, Don't Let Hunger Happen to You. King rags on JR for loving Snickers, by the way. Snickers is awesome. Snickers are awesome. You remember, uh, the, they still sell the uh, ice cream versions of Snickers? Yes, they do. Oh, those are dope as hell. They're man. killer. They are. I like those way better than the regular ones. Yeah. Jericho and Christian, time for the six-man tag. They work very well as a tag team together here. They yeah. are the champs, after all. They were part of the Un-American squad. It's hard to believe that their tag team run lasted two years. Three years, actually. Three years, because we're coming off of WrestleMania 17. No, we're coming off of WrestleMania 18, so it went two years. Because they imploded when it hit right. WrestleMania 20. So they went two years as a tag team. Or as close, like, they would tag up. They weren't always the champs. No, they, they were weren't always, always that, but yeah. Hand in hand, yeah. yeah. They, I guess they never thought much of Christian to let him go on his own, so they always wanted to pair him with a more dynamic character. Right. Booker nearly breaks Jericho's neck with an Alabama slam. Holy shit, this Alabama slam was... Yeah. 
Booker T does one of the best Alabama slams in the business, by the way. Yeah. But it's very dangerous. Goldust, I write here, gets the mild tag because it's supposed to be a hot tag, but Goldust, not not in good shape here. No. Uh, this is uh we're heading into black rain gold dust here, I think, uh with some of the uh substance abuse stuff going on. Goldust gets a mild tag and cleans house. He looks sloppy in the ring. Trish tags herself in and lands a top turnbuckle crossbody to Jericho and gets a two count. Ricky the Dragon Steamboat here yeah. is Trish Stratus. Goldust kisses Victoria and whips her into Jericho, who gets crotched on the ropes. This allows Trish to do the handstand Hurricane Rana, which is a cool move. Yeah, the stratosphere is what she called it. So. Is that, oh, it had its own. It did, okay. yeah. She does the stratosphere to Chris Jericho before Jericho no-sells it, gets up, and delivers a vicious close. He takes oh, her fucking man. head off. He did. I mean, she bounces and then I mean, hits and literally bounces off the mat a second time. And then locks in the fucking lion tamer. Yes. I kind of miss that the women can't interact with the men anymore. But yeah. if this is what you're going to do to them, no. This yeah. this bothered me. Uh, yeah, no, the lion tamer, it looked ugly on Trish. And the and the clothesline. Just, yeah. If you're going to, and it's not like it's China. It's not like a big bulky woman. I don't want to see that ever again. Like that, if that's the way it's going to go. Now, if they do something like um, SmackDown, they've really been teasing like maybe a uh, James Ellsworth and um, Becky Lynch match where it's like kind of comedy and it's not vicious. Yeah. And the woman's the woman's going to kick his ass cuz that's yeah. that's James Ellsworth. Yeah. That's fine. That you know, that's fine with me. But when you you can't do shit like this, man. This was just weird to me. Booker saves Trish from further torture by kicking Jericho off of her. And that's how that six man ends. Yeah, she tapped. We go backstage where Triple H Gives Kevin Dunn the tape in the truck and says, play it when I say to play it. Well, when else would I play it? I mean, <laughs> you're giving me some. Do it or else. Because he's the boss all right. of a sudden. Bischoff has no authority. Triple H is running this show. Terry is a backstage interviewer, a role she did not keep for very long. She's backstage outside Kane's door. She says, Kane's a very good friend of mine. And I'm worried that Kane won't talk to us after the footage that Triple H airs tonight. I'm afraid he, he's just not going to be in the mood to talk. No. You know, Triple, uh, Kane was never in much of a mood to talk in no. general. So I don't know. Not unless she, he had his little speaker box with him. Yeah. His yeah. first words. Yes. As a man. His first. Suck it. <laughs> Coach is with Triple H. And here we go, guys. Oh, man. Here we go. Coach is with Triple H. He says, why are you doing this? What I wanted Triple H to do to say is, well, because it's in the script, I have to do this. This is part of the show. But Triple H says, look, Kane's worse than a murderer. This, and he says, this is not for the squeamish. We get a warning before this video airs, which I don't think was on the original airing. I think this is a network add-on. I don't remember seeing this warning in 2002. And then the infamous scene begins, and I'll just include the audio here, but... Well, right now I'm standing by with Triple H, and Triple H, I have only one question for you. Why are you doing this? Why am I doing this? Because I want to show the world what kind of a man Kane is. You know, I call him a murderer, but he's a whole lot worse than that. He's some kind of twisted psychopath, some kind of sick freak. Believe me, 
Only a man like Cain could do the type of thing I'm about to show you on this videotape. Now I gotta warn you, this is not for the squeamish. Roll the footage. Hello? Is anyone here? Hello? It's me, Cain. Is anyone here? Hello, Katie. God, you look so good. Katie, you might look better dead than you did alive. You know, Katie, it didn't have to be like this. You didn't have to die if you'd have just given me what I wanted. If you'd have just let me touch you, Katie, in that car. If you'd have just let me touch you. Beautiful breasts that I wouldn't have swerved and gone off the road and you would still be alive. Yes, you would. Yes, you would. Don't. No. No. You would too. You would still be alive and it's your fault. That's right, it is your fault and you know it. Because I loved you, Katie. And you, you didn't love me when you were alive because I was some burnt up freak. What's that? Really? Now that you're, you're dead? You want me? I want you too, Katie. I've always wanted you, Katie. Look at you. I want you more than ever now in your cheerleader uniform. I used to watch you bounce up and down. Little panties would show. You know, if you want me and I want you, then there's no reason that we shouldn't be together. Oh, yeah. You like that, huh? Shh. Don't be too loud. Your parents are next door, Katie. The other hand, too. Oh, yeah. That's good. You know, Katie, you, you feel kind of stiff. Speaking of stiff, maybe. Maybe I should do what I've always wanted to do. You want me to? Yeah. Katie, I thought you would. I thought you'd never ask, but I understand now. You, you can't resist me. Maybe you should take off some clothes too, Katie. Maybe, maybe I should. I bet it feels good to have them free, doesn't? Oh yes, it certainly does. And, you know, Katie. Pennies that I always saw in your skirt. You won't be getting these. Oh, I love the smell of formaldehyde in the morning. I'm gonna give you what you want. And I'm gonna take what I always wanted. bad you want it. Tell me. Yes. Oh. Oh. Oh, Katie. Oh, yeah. Who's your daddy, Katie? Huh? That's it. Who's your daddy? 
that was as good for you as it was for me. I really did. I did. I did. I really did it. I really did. I screwed your brains out. Yeah. Triple H enters a funeral parlor in a cane mask, a t-shirt, and jeans and finds a dummy in a coffin, a mannequin. Yes. In a cheerleader outfit. Yes. Katie Vick. Yes. He tells her she'd still be alive if he could have only had his way with her. Wonderful. <laughs> I can't believe this. I It's still unbelievable. Yes. To this day, this is still... Katie, you'd still be alive if you would have just let me fuck you. Yes. Or rape you, if you want to imply it that way. He says, now that you're dead, though, you want me. I always wanted you in your cheerleader uniform because when you jump, I could see your panties. Yuck. Yuck. Then Triple H gropes a mannequin's breasts. Yes. He says that she feels kind of stiff. Then he says, speaking of stiff, uh-oh, he looks down at his pants. So Triple H decides to then take his shirt off, take his pants off. Luckily, he did have a thong on, a white thong. He was not completely nude. Thank goodness. <laughs> they did spare They did spare us seeing Triple H's penis on television. So Triple H gets naked. And takes and rips off the mannequin's bra, and then rips off the mannequin's panty. He goes down by her crotch, and then he says, "I love the smell of formaldehyde in the morning." He then gets naked except for his g-string and proceeds to fuck a mannequin. Off camera, they cut away. They would go to sex jazz music and show you like roses in the funeral parlor and. Fuzzy camera. Yes. And, and then <laughs> the kicker, the icing on this shit Sunday. Because if it wasn't bad enough. The cherry on top of an already tasteless, useless, waste of time segment that never went anywhere, by the way. This Kane and Triple H feud never went anywhere. No, because it, it died off it literally two weeks later up right before Survivor Series because Sean was coming back. Right. He says, I think I did it. I actually did it. And he reaches behind the mannequin's head while still in the casket, and he says, I literally fucked your brains out. Well, he said screwed, but... And he grabs the goo, and he flicks the goo at the camera. Yes. This was the same kind of goo that looked like Mae Young's hand. Oh. Another great moment in WWE history. What's funny, though, not the segment. segment's terrible. What's funny is then we cut back to Triple H and Coach, and Triple H is laughing his ass off, probably yeah. because he knows how fucking crazy and insane this was, and that his boss, his future, they, they weren't. I'm not sure they were married. They were yet. not married yet. No. His future father-in-law instructed him to do this, yes. and the absurdity of this, and Triple H's laugh made me laugh. Yes. That's the only part of this that made me laugh. Is he, he could barely stand up. He was laughing so hard. Yeah. Coach looks just stunned, as does probably everybody in Gaylord Entertainment Arena. Yeah. How do you follow that, Patrick? 
I how can you follow Macrophilia? Al Snow versus Tommy Dreamer in a Kane match. Maybe because of Kane. Kane. Yeah. Singapore Kane. You go from Kane to Singapore. I really think it was scheduled that way. They have this big chunk for Kane. Then they're like, what do we do next? Singapore Kane. Like just yeah. the thought process. Vince McMahon is insane. There's no other way around it. He is he is a nutcase. Yes. <laughs> and this proves it. And there's been a lot of shitty things we've there's seen. There's been a lot. Definitely the wor- the lowest point that the lowest thing they've done. Yes. This company. And that I mean May May Young giving birth to a hand was nothing. Has how nothing. many I want to know how many women in the United States are actually named Katie Vick. And and had to go through life for like another two years of dealing with this crap. And what what was funny is you know two years later in the NFL was Michael Vick. So anytime I thought saw Michael Vick, I thought of this made me think of yeah. Katie Vick. Yeah. So Al Snow versus Tommy Dreamer is going to be in a cane match for reasons. Al Snow is headless at this point. I don't mean that he doesn't have a head. He just doesn't have the head. His gimmick is, yeah, just as I mentioned, he's just a trainer from Tough Enough. He's a coach, even though they have a guy named Coach. Dreamer lights Snow up with cane shots, so Snow, in return, northern lights him on the mats outside the ring. Now, I know that a shirt doesn't offer much protection from cane shots, but Al Snow doesn't have a shirt on. And so anytime Tommy Dreamer hits him, I think it hurts just a little bit worse than yeah. when Tommy... And Tommy's got full pants on, too. Like, Tommy is well-protected, even though it still hurts. Getting hit with a Singapore cane is going to hurt no matter what. But right. uh, Al Snow definitely got the worst of the deal by choosing not, not to wear a shirt. Wear a fucking shirt in these matches. King does not want to focus on this match. He only wants to talk about the videotape. Then Chris Nowinski, because we're still interested in that storyline, sneaks in with a cane, and Kane's Al Snow. Was it an accident? Or was it on purpose? You decide. And then Dreamer gets the win. Big Show is up next against 3-Minute Warning with Rico. Oh, boy. Stay tuned, folks. <laughs> another, another, oh, boy. If you, weren't, if you were still with us. Yeah. For those of you who... Watched a man fuck a mannequin. You'll sit through this, I yes. suppose. Big show here. Well, he is massive. He still has some muscle definition, but he is a big he's a big show. Yeah. Big show cleans house to start the match. The heels huddle up to figure out how to take on Big Show. By the way, all throughout the show, everyone all the wrestlers are cursing at each other on on cam like at ringside on camera, like fuck you, like suck my like just like yeah. they don't care. Yeah. They're not censored or anything. Three-minute warning is dumped out by Big Show. Big Show does his awesome big hand chops to Rico in the corner twice and then manhandles the future hairdresser. Goes for the choke slam, but three-minute warning interrupt. Jamal super kicks Big Show while Rosie holds him, and then they all put the boots to him. Big Show eventually ditches Rosie and Rico, choke slams Jamal, and pulls off the win. There are much better guys on the roster to bury than Rosie and Jamal. You just buried two of your other big men yeah. with your big man. Yeah. But there, you'll see the reason why, because we're shipping Big Show off, so it doesn't really matter. Shawn Michaels. We think he's rolling through the back of the building in a wheelchair. No, he's not. 
Coach is interviewing Big Show. Hey, big one out there, buddy. Congrats. Congrats. Three on one. Yeah, you overcame the odds. But Bischoff interrupts and says, you just got your ass traded. So winning gets you tra- In Bischoff's mind, a win gets you traded. To SmackDown. Yeah, to the competition. It's no... This is... Yeah, they've wrote Bischoff's character perfect. This is WCW Bischoff. Yeah. Show tells coach, don't feel sorry for me. You still have to work for that asshole. <laughs> what is going on? What is going on? And at the same time, the camera pans over and we see Hurricane <laughs> backing in Kane's Lincoln and popping the trunk. What's that all about? I don't know. We show the world, formerly WWF New York, of course. Now we're the WWE, so we just called it the world for some reason. Sean is actually there. He rolls out to the crowd in his wheelchair and I could tell as soon as he rolled out there, he really wanted to just pop up immediately and start showboating for this crowd. Yeah. But he waits. He 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 does his job here. Sean says he feels better and he won't give up. He says, "You know what? I'm feeling so good." And then, "Oh my goodness, it's a miracle." He stands up out of the wheelchair, jumps up, dances. He's ready to rock and roll. Boy, this guy does this shit all the time. He's faking knee injuries, back injuries, all the time. Uh, But Triple H needs to understand one thing. I've told him once, and I'm going to tell him again. Don't hunt what you can't kill. Now, I realize I don't look good, but the fact of the matter is, I'm going to get you somewhere down the line. And if you're a little bit skeptical, let me prove to you just how far I've come. moment on each and every Monday night I want you looking over your shoulder to the left I want you looking over your shoulder to the right because HBK is up and he's mobile that means I could be coming from the ramp I could be coming from the crowd I could be coming from underneath the ring I could be coming from the rooftop you don't know and you don't know where you don't know when but this, I can assure you, HBK is coming back. And somewhere down the line, HBK is going to get you. He's sort of like Terry Funk in that he he quits and he comes back a lot. Yeah. Jericho smashes him in the Jeritron. I don't know if I'll ever wrestle again. Yeah. I mean, this happens a lot to this guy. But he always comes back until he didn't. He says, somewhere down the line, Triple H... It's going down. So you better watch your back, even though I'm in New York and you're in Nashville. (laughs) Then he showboats for the crowd. The GOAT, Ric Flair, is coming out next. He looks in great shape for 53 years old. I'm not going to make it to 53, but if I do and I look this good, I'd be kissing the ground I walked on. Triple H is out next. I had to fast forward through Triple H's entrance. I mean, it takes this guy forever to come out and spit his fucking water. RVD's out next. Finally, Kane comes out. I had to... I skipped through all their entrances. They brawl immediately. RVD and Flair pair off, and Kane and H pair off. 
It's very weird watching someone like RVD take on Ric Flair. These are very different styles of wrestling. Yeah. Flair sells for all of Rob Van Dam's high-flying offense, though. He does a good job. Then RVD sets his sights on H, but Flair intervenes and cuts him off before he can take on Triple H. Flair and H double-team RVD while Kane waits for his hot tag literally forever. He is just holding his hand out forever waiting for this tag. Eventually, he gets the tag, and the heels double-team him. RVD occupies Flair. Flair tries a figure four on RVD, and RVD sneakily rolls him up for a two count. Kane and Triple H then decide, you know what? Let's get out of here. So they go fighting up the ramp. They battle up through the curtain to the backstage, leaving Rick Flair. Now it's a Rick singles Flair. match. Yeah, Rick Flair and Rob Van Dam. Rolling Thunder to Flair, and then the five star frog splash. One, two, three. RVD just beat the greatest of all time. Yes. But it was a tag match. Kane is still brawling with Triple H through the back. Triple H tries a pedigree, which would have killed Kane on the concrete floor in the back of Bridgestone Arena. But Kane reverses it with the back body drop, which to this day, Triple H has not figured out how to stop people from doing this. This is always how they get out of the pedigree. So Kane then picks him up and throws him in the trunk. And Kane says... You screwed me, well, I'm going to screw you. Question is, you going to be alive or dead? Hey, Triple H, you hear me in there? Now, I'm going to screw you. The only question is, will you still be alive or will I just wait until you're dead? As the limo, and by the way, I, I started watching the wrong episode of Raw. Yeah. Triple H walks out first thing next week. Yeah. And as the limo's pulling, as the Cadillac's pulling off, you see the trunk. trunks up. Trunks up. Now, I don't know if they did that on purpose or if that part was an accident. But on the next week on Raw, when Triple H comes out first, well, first he apologizes for the segment. Uh, not really, but in the heel way, you know. Yeah. And then he says, oh, yeah, well, next time you try to kidnap me, Kane, don't put me in one of those cars with the emergency escape hatch. So he covers how he got out. And made it to rise. <laughs> I just like that he addressed it instead of just letting it go. Because that's what would happen now. No, yeah. nothing would ever. Don't be it, don't acknowledge it at all. And that was raw. Not raw is war. No, that the was, war was over. That was shit. Well, I think uh, I think our scale is going to be pretty easy this week, Patrick, because uh, this was one of the worst things I've ever seen, wrestling or not. Yep. This was this was pretty bad. This is garbage. Yeah. This is uh, tasteless in every way. It accomplishes nothing. Nothing. It's not. We've talked about it before. How incorporating death into and I know it's a fictional character that we're usually not comfortable with that. But sometimes it is. Sometimes it can work. Like when like when Big Boss Man was dragging around. Oh, Big Show. Big Show's dead. And he, yeah. And he hops on the casket and he gets dragged. You yeah. know, from my, yeah. it can work. Yeah. It can be done. Yeah. But this was not that. No. This was from the mind of a madman who had won the war and thought, I can just do whatever. This is my toy now. I yeah. can just do whatever. The I fuck. can screw the fans over and make them watch whatever I want them to watch. They have no choice. Yeah. And there's a reason that wrestling audiences year after year go down. And it's not, and it's because of shit like this and not like, 
that shit like this happens still, thank goodness. I mean, there'd be nobody left if they did this every week. But for all of the for all of the grief that they give WCW about Judy Bagwell on a pole, all the shit they give Russo. Russo never did this. No. And Russo wasn't with the company when they did this. So I don't want to fucking hear it, you know. Anytime, you know. I want to know who was the writer that okayed this. Vince. It was Vince. I I I really think there's a clip out there. I think it's from the McMahon. I'll double check. But Vince takes total credit and total blame. But just the fact that because he's the ultimate final say no matter what. Even yeah. if even if I came to him with the idea. Yeah. He still allowed it to happen. This is a publicly traded company. You know, this oh, is yeah. like this is a big he's a billionaire at this yeah. point. Like I just words can't describe how bad this was. This was terrible. And the rest of the show did nothing to make up for it. No. And like I said with the Kennel from Hell match, they could have saved the Kennel from Hell match. There was no saving this. No. There was no... And From start to finish, this show was terrible. And it insults... It's insulting to a wrestling fan. Yeah. It's insulting to a human being. To actually have to sit there and degrade yourself to have to watch it. It's, it's, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry I put you through it, buddy. It's all right. I know you skipped the Katie Vick thing, but. I did. We know what happened. Because it's once, once in a lifetime is one too many times to have to witness that. But it happened. But not just only that, you know, but coming out there at the start, number one, and then, and bearing the Intercontinental title. What a slap in the face to, to fans that have watched this product. Yeah. Bret Hart, Shawn Michaels, Savage. The wrestlers that carried Steamboat. it. Steamboat. The people that watched the product. And to be just told directly into the camera, screw you. Yeah. A heel can be a heel, but you can't. It's part of the reason I hate Triple H, too. I mean, the fact that he went along with I mean, I understand it's his job and that. Advocate. I'm always against scripted promos, but scripted promos would have helped here, you know, because they could have chose different wording. They could have. I agree. Yeah, but there's no coming back from uh, Katie Vick. This this episode revolves strictly around Triple H getting himself over. Yeah. So on our scale, Patrick, oh, this should be pretty easy. Max Mini, you don't even have to ask me. This is this is lower. This is so low. I'd like this is below Max Mini. This is I concur, a hundred percent. If I could find uh, a Vern Troyer, like I don't know, whoever the smallest man alive is, I'll have to Google it. That's that. That's this episode. Yeah, yeah. This was terrible. I I can't think of. It's embarrassing. It's it's an ins, it's just so insulting. Well, so there you go. That was my pick uh, for this week. Patrick, where will we go next week? Please don't take us back down the Katie Vick road. They Please don't have us uh, Snitsky punting a baby. Matter of fact. Tequila bottle on a pole. If you could uh, take us somewhere nice. It's been hot and sunny. It's summer. It is. When you think of summer, you think of beach. This episode we reviewed today screwed the fans over. So we're going to screw them over again. We're going to go to 21 years ago today, Bash at the Beach, 1996. But whose side is he on? I mean, I had said my prayers all those years. Yeah. I ate all those vitamins. 
drank my milk. I did everything I thought I needed to do, and all of it was for nothing. All of it was just thrown in my face. I do love one fan is so passionately upset that he tries to run in on the match and gets stomped in the face by Scott Hall. Yes. yes. That would have been you if you had been there. This that, would, the, that would have been me. This would have been the one pay-per-view I think that I would have wanted to be at of all the historical. Well, it's tough. King of the Ring 98 to see the McFoley dives. But the thing is, those dives, you don't know that they're happening. Yeah. I mean, the first one you can kind of see coming. But the choke slam through the cell, you don't know that's happening until you blink and you miss it. Yeah. So it's tough. But Bash at the Beach 96, uh, I think, would be probably up there as the one that I really wish that I could have been at. Um, All the garbage getting thrown in oh, the ring. man. Just the, the heat. Yeah. That kind of heat is... It's dangerous heat. That kind of yeah. heat is you need to police escort out of the building to your hotel. I mean, the Hulkster. The one guy we thought we could trust, man. Oh, yeah. Like, all of my Hulk Hogan stuff was in the trash the next morning. That I, was... that. I don't, know if you, I don't know if it's even possible to do what they did now. So, yes, we will go to the Bash at the Beach. Let's go to Daytona. That sounds good. Yeah. 1996, Bash at the Beach. Who will the third member of the New World Organization be? But we'll, whose side is he on? We'll have to find out. For episode number 42 of the Retro Wrestling Podcast happening next week. Until then, I'm intern Alex. I am the one and only, the greatest referee in professional wrestling history, Patrick Young. Saying, as always, my closing line's a clothesline. Bingo, bingo. Yeah, I mean, I'll tell you a crazy story. This is one of the most infamous storylines in our business that just, like, I still get people commenting about how, like, it was uh, just mortifying on so many levels. For some reason, he got in his mind about telling these cockamamie stories, and I was supposed to tell this story about how Kane had this girlfriend that he killed in a car crash, and it was just insane. And it ends up, I mean, I can't even believe I'm going to say I did this. Is I'm, I'm at a funeral home with a dummy in a coffin. Oh, my God. I'm, I'm, I'm naked except I've got a skin-colored thong on, right, so nobody can see. With Kane's mask on, pretending I'm Kane, I'm on top of the coffin, Having mock sex with this mannequin. Oh my God! No. Oh and, Jesus Christ! Oh yeah, and and Vince is yelling at me. God damn it! Do it harder. Make more noise and stuff. It's got to be over the top. And and there's a funeral in the next room going on. <laughs> I'm not sure. The, 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 the funeral director just like opens the door and sticks his head in and look in. I like look back. I got this cane mask on. I'm buck naked. I mean, you know, how you doing? Good to see you. Yeah, he's like, yeah. The most sickening, if Bruno Sammartino would say that was the worst, that McMahon, I can't believe McMahon could do, did you see that, 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 that Triple H go into the, the, the casket with the dead wood, that got, I, that got me to the point where I wasn't sure I was going to watch it anymore. I was channel flipping the next few weeks whenever I saw Triple H hoping that they weren't going to replay that thing. I, whatever was opposite wrestling at that point, I wanted to watch whatever it was, even if it was a, 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 the, the Animal Channel. Man, oh, you had to bring that up? Ugh.